0: You're listening to the AR-15 Podcast on the Firearms Radio Network. Welcome to the AR-15 Podcast. This is the podcast about your favorite black rifle. This show is for you if you're building your first AR or you've been building ARs for years. There is something we can all do
1: to take our black rifle to the next level. Welcome to episode 155 of the AR-15 podcast. On this episode, we'll be chatting with U.S. Optics. We spoke with 3-gunner Reed Gabrielson on the SHOT Show floor in 2015, but today we have USO's general manager, Jason Kyle, with us. Want to do a quick reminder, our final winner for the last week of the Otis Technology Giveaway was Russell Smith. We still have a few Otis Drawing winners who haven't checked in with us. You can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash AR15podcast. There will be a list of those winners we are looking to hear from pinned to the top of the page. And now we'll throw it over to JW. He's got today's interview with Jason Kyle, the General Manager of U.S. Optics. Alright,
2: I'm here with Jason Kyle from U.S. Optics. Uh, we have him on the line from California. Um, Jason, how's it going? Good to have you on.
0: Thanks, uh, JW. It's good to be on here. Uh, everything's going pretty good here. It's sunny Southern California. No complaints.
2: Yeah, we're, um, looking forward to a big dump of snow coming overnight here. So a little different in Pennsylvania.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. I'll, I'll be there next month.
2: Yeah. Nice. Um, you gonna make a stop in shot, uh, beforehand?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna make a stop at shot. Um, you know, myself, I'm trying to keep my travel schedule down a little bit this year, but, uh, after shot, I am gonna be out in Harrisburg at the, at the, uh, Great American Outdoor Show.
2: Nice, nice. Cool. Um, well, yeah, like I said, Jason is with us from US Optics. Uh, it's a, Optics company, imagine that. Uh, They make some real high-end stuff, um, really high precision, very clear glass. And they started out as a very custom-build company. Uh, They've grown uh, their product product, uh, line, has grown to some some different great options for ARs, for bolt guns. Um, and they've actually come out with quite a few models that are available right off the shelf, uh, that you can pick up at your local gun store. So, Jason's gonna tell us a little bit about USO, what they do, and, uh, some of the products that might fit great on an AR build that you guys might have coming up. So, uh, Jason, tell us a little bit about yourself and, uh, how you ended up at USO. Uh,
0: yeah, a little bit about me. Uh, I've been with USO for five years now. Um, currently I'm the general manager previously before that. Um, I, I, I started, you know, I started from the ground up, uh, actually came in and started working in assembly. And then from there I moved into, uh, uh, director of operations and then to sales and then ended up where I'm at now. So done a little bit, uh, of everything at the shop. Uh, definitely, you know, it was a huge learning curve for me when I first came to U.S. Optics. Uh, pretty much the only experience I had before that with optics was, you know, in the Marines. I, I did 12 years in the Marines as a rifleman and then toon sergeant towards, uh, the, the last, uh, three to four years. Uh, but it was with the ACOC, the good old trusty ACOC. Uh, mm-hmm. so that was my experience, uh, before I came to U.S. Optics. Uh, the good thing is we have some really good people at U.S. Optics. Uh, even though it was a, it was a, it was a huge learning curve learning about like all the different optics and all the different features and what makes U.S. Optics unique. Everybody is really patient. Uh, so I have maintained that patience. When we hire a, a new employee, um, a lot of times we're looking at, you know, six months to get that guy trained up. And that's, you know, going from, you know, the assembly guy to the machinist uh to one of the sales guys. Uh so you know, like you said, JW US Optics has been around uh last year was our twenty fifth anniversary. Uh we really really started off, you know, building those custom optics, um, you know, durable, you know, built for you know, military use or military uh it could take that type of abuse. And we still maintain that today. You know, our, our scopes are, I would like to say, you know, some of the, the most durable scopes out there on the market. Um, so, and we still offer the customizations of optics. Uh, in the last two to three years, we have moved into a more of a production line. And that's just streamlining it for some of our users who don't want to wait, you know, for that custom optic. So if you want to buy one of our optics, you could, you know, easily go on the internet, find one of our dealers or go to your Some, some local gun stores. We're not in every, every gun store. Uh, just to, just to make it a lot easier for guys to get the product that they want.
2: Awesome. When you got out of the Marines and uh, hopped into your position at USO, what was that process like? Were there guys that you already knew in the company? Were they actively looking for, uh, former military personnel to plug into their company?
0: No, it, it was actually by chance. Uh, when I first started working at US Optics, I was the only employee there that didn't know somebody, uh, that was already working for the company. Uh, so I was, I was going to school when I first got out, uh, and I, and I had my resume, uh, out there, you know, in the cyber world, you know, on Monster. And I think it was on Craigslist and out of the blue, I got an email from, uh, John, you know, the son of the original owner, and he's like, "Hey man, we make rifle scopes. Uh I really like your resume. You want to come in?" Uh and school was challenging, but I had a lot of free time on my hands. So, I was like, "Hey, you know, I, I'll go I'll go check the company out." Uh so I did. And uh the interview went great. The interview lasted like 3 hours, and I would say probably 2 hours and 45 minutes of that was just sitting around, you know, just talking about different things and whatnot uh and then i liked the people uh i didn't even really necessarily uh think about the job as much as i thought about everybody that came in contact with their just really nice really nice guys that worked at the company and i was like this is something that i could put my name to because at the end of the day you know for me that's what it was about uh my name is going to be attached to this company so i want my name attached to Something that I hold myself, uh, in regards to, uh, so I did that. And then when I left, uh, I sent John a thank you note, uh, for having me in and he emailed me back. He was like, Hey, we want to hire you, but the position that we want to hire you for, uh, we think you're where you, we think that you would. Not necessarily get bored with it, but, uh, we hold you in a higher regard than what we want that position to be filled. So now they you created had come a position. from
2: like a position of leadership with your role in the Marines too, right?
0: I did. Yep. I did.
2: So, so you uh, definitely had an expanded skill set from that experience that I mean, I, I'm sure it's tough to find places that are good transfers over of a lot of those skills, but, but when you spend so much time in leadership, there's a lot that can apply it to the civilian life too
0: yeah absolutely uh and then the the timing couldn't have been perfect for myself and u s optics because uh, once i once i started working there uh there was a lot of growth potential just by you know you know my leadership that I did in the marines and how we like in the marines everything boils down to teamwork uh so I brought that to u s optics you know that sense of teamwork and that really helped us uh, get to where we're at today so Cool. It's been a really good experience.
2: What's your day to day look like as a GM? Oh man, it's AGM uh, <laughs> or the GM or?
0: <laughs> the, yeah, the GM. Yeah. You know, every day is different. Uh, I usually check emails and stuff like that before I even get into the office. Uh, when I get into the office, you know, lately, uh, shot shows on my mind. So thinking about shot show. Uh, I usually talk to um my my inventory guy uh my clean room assemblers to make sure that everybody is on schedule uh I usually sign a lot of purchase orders when I get in because uh, we do um uh, we have a few local machine shops here in Southern California that we work with a lot mm. uh so we our machine shop could not keep up with the production that we're doing now it's just uh we we just can't so uh it's nice to have some some really good local machine shops uh that we work with one of them being uh he he works in the industry as well so if you think about it hard enough you can imagine what company he works for in <laughs> southern california uh so it, it works out good uh never there's there's never really enough time for a lunch break so i power through that uh, yeah uh i don't think there is a such thing as a typical day yeah yeah.
2: So. Well, cool.
0: Every every day is something different. Well,
2: tell me a little more about um the company itself. Uh, is there like a target market, target market that you guys are looking for with the scopes? Um, the price range kind of puts it at the higher end of quality, of consistency. Um, what are you looking for in a customer there?
0: Uh, well, I think, you know, that's 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 hard for us optics uh because there is some bleed over between the tactical market and, you know, I think there's a little bleed over between the tactical market, the competition market of the sporting market, uh, and also the hunters. So we really have never gone after the hunting market. We okay. have a lot of hunters that purchase our product. And that's, I don't know if that's due because those type of hunters are also in the tactical market or the, you know, competition shooting, uh, as well. Uh, definitely when it comes to our short range, uh, we have a lot of, you know, the three gun world is definitely taking off. So we have a lot of three gunners that use, uh, you know, our short range optics and we have a lot of law enforcement that use it as well. Uh, some military, uh, use the short range as well. Um, uh, I, I've even, you know, me personally, I've been in contact with a lot of guys that do an individual purchase, um, uh, you know, because they their, know, they might not
2: have, uh, exactly. what they want to be shooting and they can bring it along with them in country.
0: Yep. Yep. Exactly. Uh, and also, um, our short range, we have a one and a half to six power and that seems to be, uh, an ideal optic for the hunting market. and. I think a lot of that has to do with the price point of the one and a half to six right. is definitely uh, a lower price point than our two other short range optics that have that the red dot feature.
2: Um, what sort of features go into it that the tactical market is so crazy about? Uh,
0: in our short range optics, mm-hmm. uh, so we have we have two optics. A one of we have a one to four and a one to eight. The the main feature that everybody loves you know, in the tactical world, in the competition shooting world, and even in the hunting world, is it has a first focal plane reticle and a second focal plane red dot. That is the number one feature that you know, that is the reason that those guys are are buying that optic and, you know, that just uh, a lot of guys before was using, you know, some kind of red dot and a magnifier in front of it. This kind of takes that away. It's like, hey, we can take all that and put it into one optic. So, uh, um, yeah, the first time I had seen that
2: was it shot this last year and I didn't know that that was part of the product line and, um, Reed Gabrielson, he's a three gunner. He was running the booth at the point at that point and he showed it to me and I had never really thought about it. And it just seems like such a great idea that rather than having a red dot, that's either minuscule when it's zoomed out and then blows up and starts to cover things when you zoom in when you least want it to be blown up and covering things. Um yep. you could actually independently place those reticles. Uh it's pretty slick. I like that. Yeah,
0: it's it's definitely pretty slick and uh it, it serves a good purpose. So, you know, you could either A, leave the red dot always on in case something pops up fast, whether you're hunting or if you're the cop on the street or the military guy. And then if you get to a position where you do have to take that long accurate shot, you know you could either turn the red dot on or uh, turn it off or leave it on. Dial up the magnification so that reticle comes into your field of view now. So now you can take an accurate shot at distance.
2: Yeah, that's pretty so, cool.
0: Really unique feature.
2: What do you guys do with the turrets um, on those shorter range ones? Are these? Um, obviously, it's not going to be something that. You're milling in a different range when you're way back at one or four power. Um, yeah. What do those turrets look like? Those
0: turrets, uh, those turrets, those turrets are pretty short turrets. Uh, they are designed for you to zero your rifle and cap the turrets. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not really designed for you to dial. Uh, but you, you can dial if you want to, uh, but they're not, uh, uh, they're not like they're not very big. Uh, so, you know, like if you look at some of our higher magnification optics, they have a really large, low profile, uh, wide diameter knobs that easy to grab hold of and turn. Uh our zero knobs, they still have really tactile clicks. Uh, you know, if you adjust it one click, you know that's going to be a tenth mil or two tenth mils click. Uh really uh Really durable and tough, uh, but zeroing. Um, uh, one of the things that, you know, us optics is known for is its durability. And one of the things that we do is, uh, that is one part that we do not, uh, outsource to our local machine shops. Mm-hmm. We make our knobs in house and they are 100%, uh, quality controlled when they come off a machine. So, and then they are QC throughout the entire process of building it because, uh, We've always asked that question, you know, what's the most important, mechanical precision or optical clarity? Uh, we take both just as equally serious, you know, so.
2: So I guess tell people what it is that you could run into with issues if you don't have uh, good turrets.
0: Uh, one of the things you could run into, uh, which would be the biggest thing, is your turrets aren't actually doing what you're telling them to do. So uh, with our turrets, we don't have – we don't allow any – we don't allow any play, so uh, if you rock our turrets back and forth, uh, you can't rock them back and forth. Uh, you can try. There's no movement into it. Um, the biggest thing, being is let's just say you're at the range, uh, and you go to dial one mil, uh, and you pull the trigger. It didn't dial one mil. It dialed a, a mil and a half, or it only dialed half of the mil, um, which if you're at the range, just planking targets maybe not a big deal but you know if you're going for that trophy hunt it could be a really big deal or if your life is on the line it could be a, a even bigger deal so uh we always like to say that we're in the you know the life-saving business so um uh, you know we we take that absolutely serious you know i explain it to the guys when they first start working there it's like, hey man, I don't know who you think our customer is, but think about it this way. If you're the cop, if you're the law enforcement guy, or if you're the hunter in Alaska and the winter's coming, you got to feed your family, you got to take that shot and something doesn't go right. Uh, you know, that, that could be, uh, a really bad thing. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, uh, definitely something that we really drive home to all of our guys. And, yeah, you know, it's, uh,
2: what does that testing look with, like? Do you, um, like stress test things? Do you put them out in crazy environments? You got like featured, uh, I guess users of the scopes that take them out and really beat them up.
0: Yeah. Um, all of them have been tested to, you know, see like what is a lifetime of a scope. So they go out to independent testing, uh, in-house when they come off the machine, uh, the machinist will, uh, he has a few different ways of, of measuring, measuring them to make sure that, uh, everything is within tolerance there's no slop there's no play and then uh as the assembler is assembling the optic uh it gets to a point where we put it on a uh large collimator so this collimator uh has different ranges that you can set it on to make sure that um uh, it's true so you'll set parallax at 100 yards you'll make sure the collimator is on 100 yards so that way uh if it's not equal, you could get a little. It won't be as accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you put the optic on there and you put it on this collimator. And in the collimator, it has a reticle. And the reticle that you're looking at, uh, we have two different collimators, one in inch per hundred yards and one in mils. And so you're looking for a few different things. Uh, when you put it on the collimator, uh, you're making sure that the reticle matches up with the reticle in the collimator. So you're making sure that the reticle is actually true to size.
2: So you can get like just a plain mill dot reticle or some big fancy Christmas tree and you're making sure that every hash along there is the right length.
0: Exactly. Uh, So you're checking reticle subtension, making sure the reticle subtends. Uh, And that's the second check. Uh, It's also checked underneath a inspection microscope before it even goes to the scope. Um, But. We do it again just because like once all the glasses together, uh, if it's off a little bit, um, it's bad, but it could be something simple as it had a bad objective in it and you take the objective out, you put a new one in and now everything matches up. Mm. So after you check reticle subtension, the, the, the next step would be, uh, you check knob subtension throughout its entire range of travel. Okay. So if you're looking, if you're looking at a one of four, that thing gets, uh, so much travel, it actually goes off the chart. Uh, so we usually check it to about, I want to say 30 mils of travel, even though nobody will probably ever use 30 <laughs> mils of travel on a one of four optic. Uh, so the assembler hey, there's is. Some, there's some counting.
2: crazy YouTubers out there that like to do wacky stuff.
0: Yeah, I bet. <laughs> so the, uh, <laughs> the assembler is actually counting in his head how many clicks. So 10 clicks, it should be on the one mil mark. 10 more, 2 mil mark, And you count that all the way through. So everything matches up all the way through. You know, the obstetrics is good. Then you do your standard stuff, a box test. Uh, and then once that's all done, it goes out to our uh, quality control. And then it it's actually put on a machine that uh, hits it with recoil. Uh, and it can do uh, recoil all the way up to a 50 BMG. Uh, so I want to say it's 50 rounds a second. And we usually put about 500 rounds through it. To make sure that there's no point of impact shift. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty intense. Uh, uh, it's a pretty intense process. So she'll do the same thing out there. Uh, she'll check knob reticle subtension. Uh, she'll check a box test, hit it a couple times again with the machine, uh, just to make sure that there's no deviations.
2: Wow. And so this is every scope that's leaving the,
0: that is every scope. Wow. Every scope.
2: Nice. Um, Tell me a little bit about kind of the the lineup. Um, I know when I was talking to the Vortex guys, they've got all these different letters in their scopes, and I had no idea what they meant. Um, but there was actually some intelligent thinking behind it. Um, yeah. How do the model numbers and the designations work on the USO lineup?
0: Ours is ours is pretty simple. So <laughs> we have a we have a SR we have a SR4. Okay. Uh, that means short range, uh, and the four is, uh, they're all variable magnifications. So the number is the highest magnification that scopes go to. So we have a SR46, uh, oh, sorry, a SR4, a SR6, and an SR8. That rounds out our three short range series optics. So okay. a one to four, a one and a half to six, and a one to eight. We have an MR10, medium range, one point to 10. Uh, we have a, LR17 which is long range it's a 3.2 to 17 and we have an ER25 which is a extreme range 5 to 25 optic and that rounds out our optics uh the different different letter designations uh, of our optics
2: okay is that C that comes after the SR4 is that the whole red dot part of it
0: yeah that's sorry that is the red dot so uh with the, with the SR8, we have, that comes in two different configurations. So you have a SR8S, which is the SR8 standard. And that's just a one, that's just a one to eight power, uh, rifle scope with a first focal plane reticle. Okay. Um, and that first, for, that first focal plane reticle is illuminated. Then you have the SR8C, which is, uh, SR8C. The C is for combat. And that has the first focal plane reticle and a second focal plane, uh, visible, daylight visible red dot. Okay. So that's the okay. difference between the two different models.
2: Okay. There's a little bump in price there too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, that little bump in price is, uh, it takes, takes one of my guys about three times longer to do a C over a S okay. for the one to eight. Wow. And there's, more parts involved in it as well.
2: Hmm. Um, what sort of battery life do you get out of something like that with the daylight red light or daylight red dot?
0: Visible. It it all fluctuates. So if you uh, our illumination module has twelve different settings. The first two settings are night vision capable. So okay. fairly visible with the naked eye. Uh, and then it gradually goes up to the highest setting. Uh, if you had it on the third setting, so the first setting above night vision, you're looking at about 10,000 hours of lifetime. Oh wow. So from there, um, it, it decreases. I think the worst, if you had it on the highest setting, I think you're looking at right around four to 5,000 hours of, of uh, battery life. (laughs) Um, and it has a, so you're getting the best of both
2: worlds here between like a rugged, leave it on in the trunk. Red dot and something that you can really stretch the legs out on,
0: yeah, absolutely uh when we first when we first brought it out, we had an hour shut off time, but then you know talking to uh talking to a couple guys in the navy and and also some some law enforcement guys uh we shifted it to a twelve hour shutoff. off that's okay. basically you know your typical mission or your typical law enforcement shift. That is somewhere it falls in between, you know, that, that 12 hour shift. So it's like, Hey, why don't we do a 12 hour automatic shut off? Uh, so that's why it's a 12 hour automatic shut off.
2: Okay. And uh, then there's buttons or a, a knob or something to turn it right back on.
0: Yeah. There is, it's a three position. It's a three button, uh, real stat, So it has, uh, One button up top and then it has two buttons down below, sort of making a triangle. So the button on top is your on off and then, um, it has up and down to raise or lower the intensity of the illumination.
2: Okay. And uh, do you have to worry about it? I, I don't imagine you would, but about it getting wet or, uh, sitting out in the, in the weather.
0: Nope, not at all. Um, our scopes are definitely waterproof, so we've tested them out to I want to say 66 feet uh, in salt water. Uh, they work, they work perfectly fine.
2: Awesome. Um, now we kind of mentioned it at the at the top here. Um, USO's roots are in the very kind of one-off, custom-built, uh, exactly pick every little detail that you want. Um, obviously, you still do that what sort of options are people customizing on these scopes from kind of what the standard lineup is?
0: You know, for the for the short range series optics, we don't have as much custom configuration as we do in the, the longer range optics. Okay. Um uh, so most of the time what guys are doing in the short range is Cerakote, uh different colors of Cerakote. Uh we do we have put uh, blue dots instead of red dots hmm. uh, and, uh and the SR4 and the s r four and the s r eight I personally love the blue dot um uh, blue works for me better than red, and I didn't know that till I got a lesson from a from a from a guy that actually worked for trizicon <laughs> um, and uh, the only other big option is is that we have had some customers design their own reticle for um, you know, for the SR8, mm-hmm. uh, we actually offer it now, um, uh, a guy who's local, um, he's in, I believe, Long Beach. He shoots three gun competitions a lot. So he designed his own reticle, uh, and we, we, uh, we made that for him and he's actually running it in some competitions, uh, which we can still do. Uh, a lot of our reticles, especially like in the higher, higher magnification optics have been designed by, uh, uh end user or a customer. Okay. Uh, so that's what the majority of the guys are doing uh customizing these optics. Short range optics.
2: Um the Horus vision that's in there uh is that that has all the drops and the wind and all that. That's a pretty uh busy reticle there. Um do many guys do that in like a 1 to 4, yeah. 1 to 8?
0: Not, not in the one of four. Uh, in the, in the one of four, we see that our best seller by far is just the, the, that standard mill reticle that we have in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, and the SR8, uh, that, that H50 reticle mm-hmm. is, it's, it's, it's pretty popular. Uh, all of our sponsor shooters that we have shooting three gun, they're using it. Uh, I would say it's a little less than 50 50. Um, but it's not far off. Okay. As far as like our consumer sales of the the H50 over the 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 standard mill base uh, reticle that we have and that optic.
2: So that's the direction um, that all the uh, like the three gun guys go. Is they they like the extra magnification with the eight power.
0: Yep, absolutely. Hmm.
2: Nice. Um, I guess let's talk about some of the longer ones. Um, these short ones may be great for your typical AR um, but if you're building more of a DMR sort of platform, if you're putting it on a 308 platform, something like that, um, Mm -hmm. maybe going 1.8 to 10 or 3.2 to 17 uh, might be a better option for you. Um, This is where I kind of see the signature USO uh, look with that big ol' elevation knob on the top. Um, Absolutely. You had a name for that knob? Yeah,
0: the erect knob, the erector repositioning elevation knob. Okay. Uh so if I can try to explain that knob real simply for you know our listeners, uh what this knob does, so let me just give a visual. This knob is has a very wide diameter. It's it's not very tall at all. It's you know, I would say it's probably half the size of your, you know, traditional elevation turrets that you see out. There on you know high magnification optics.
2: Yeah, especially the tactical uh, ones with the big old tall ones.
0: Yep, exactly. Uh, definitely, you know, one of the lowest profile knobs out there. Uh, so what this knob allows you to do as the end user is to make sure that uh, after after the zeroing and mounting process, that all the travel that you have in the knob is still there. So with that being said. Is that traditionally when you go to, uh, zero a scope on a rifle and let's say the scope has a hundred MOA. If you use up 20 of that in the zeroing process, you're left with 80. That's all you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the Erect knob, when you zero it, you could adjust the, you could adjust the Erector using a Allen wrench that we provide. And what you're doing is you're moving the Erector, uh, the erector is what houses the reticle uh that you're looking at and it's where your magnification is coming from it's just moving some lenses back and forth um you're able to adjust that independently from the knob itself um so that's a really unique feature about the erect knob it sounds complicated but once you
2: no, I mean, it makes sense. There's guys that get big old 20-, 30-, 40-minute rails to put on the top of their guns because they need that extra travel because they're going to run out with mm-hmm. their scope. And so yep. it sounds like what you're saying is you could throw this on a regular base, get it zeroed, and kind of put it at one end of the spectrum, uh, and Absolutely. then you've got full travel all the way out for those really got long shots.
0: Absolutely. And that is, that is definitely the benefit of it. And another side benefit from that is once you set it up for max travel, you can make it act as a zero stop as well. Uh-huh, so okay. I always, I always tell customers, there's a million different videos out there that probably just confuse people. I always tell people like, Hey, if it's new out of the box, open it up, slap it on a rifle, uh, go shoot it. Don't even worry about where the knobs at. Go shoot it, get your one hundred yard zero or whatever zero you're gonna get, and this is where it comes in if you have a bore cider. you can only really do this if you have a bore cider. slap a bore cider on there, make note where your reticle is uh uh in reference to that bore cider now take your knob, bottom it out and then adjust that adjust the center screw so adjust your rector back to where uh back to where your reticle was on that bore cider. now you're set up for max travel and you have a zero stop
2: Okay. it's so
0: it's a, it's a Pretty unique knob. Hmm.
2: I never knew that about it. Does yeah. it, uh, lock in place or click up and down or anything like that? Real simple?
0: It, it's real simple. It doesn't lock yet. Uh, that, that, <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll leave, we'll leave that there. But, okay. Uh, yeah, definitely, you know, the, the MR10 and the LR17 for guys that are, that are, you know, wanting to, Put a higher magnification optic on, you know, a 308 or something to that effect. Uh, definitely more than capable. Uh, the, the MR10, uh, it, it is a very, uh, versatile optic, you know. So I always say I think that's the perfect optic for,
2: uh. That looks like that'd be great on my scar heavy.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, actually, I think one of our engineers has one on his Scar Heavy. Uh, you know, it, it's, there's, there's really nothing you can't do with it. I mean, anything a thousand yards in, it, it's, it's awesome. And then, um, you know, if you're, if you're hunting or if you're at the range or wherever, you know, if, if you want an optic that has that high magnification but still give you that wide field of view at the low end, it's, it's golden. So, saying the, the LR17 is our, our most popular optic. Uh, so it has a 44 millimeter objective, uh, 30 millimeter tube. It gets about 21 and mils of travel. So it's accomplishing most missions that, that, you know, that you need, uh, a higher magnification optic for. Like most people aren't shooting out much further past than what this thing can do. Uh, it, it, it's not as Big as you know, the next the next optic up would be the ER25. It it seems to like double the LR17 in size. Uh, so you know the 17, just like with all of our optics, they have really great light gathering capabilities. So if you're doing some work at night or in low light, you know the MR10 and the LR17 are definitely uh, definitely steps above. I would say our SR8s. Uh, you know, um, uh, the MR10 is a step above the SR8 when it comes to low light. Although the SR8 is good, the MR10 is is phenomenal at night. Like no alum, you're in some triple canopy brush, you could probably still pick out a a, a target or two with the MR10. Um, uh, so, um, uh, yeah, the LR17, it probably has the most different options that you could do for it. Okay, uh, has has more options than any other optic that we have uh that you could customize it with and different features, whatnot.
2: So on the short range ones we were we or maybe changing reticle, dot color, what else comes into the picture here?
0: Uh and the in the longer range optics, mm-hmm. uh you could add a internal internal bubble level. So it goes uh sort of just past the eyepiece. Uh, so if you're looking through the optic, instead of taking your eye out or, you know, opening your eye to see if you're canted, it's, it's in the optic. Uh, oh, wow. so that's one feature. Uh, a lot, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of guys love that feature. Uh, we have.
2: It makes mounting that, it level is, a little bit easier too.
0: Yep, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, you know, as far as the reticle illumination, we have red, green, blue. Uh, there is, Probably about, uh, 10 different reticles that we offer standard production. And if you were nice enough to call us, there's probably about 10 more that you could probably get. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have our own little secret menu still. Uh, uh, one of the other things that we used to do is, is right now the LR17 comes standard in a 44 millimeter, uh, objective. That's the, the glass size forty four millimeters. Uh one of the things we were doing uh a couple of years ago, we we're doing it we we're doing a lot a lot more a couple years ago, not so much today, uh is a smaller objective for the guys that are putting it on an AR. So mm-hmm. a thirty seven millimeter objective uh instead of the forty four. Uh so Cerakote, uh different knobs for the LR seventeen. So, you know, with the short range, we only have zero knobs. Uh, with the LR-17, you could get the EREC knob that we talked about, and then we have two other standard knobs you can get. You can get the U.S. number one and the U.S. number three. The difference between the U.S. number one and U.S. number three is uh the U.S. number one is capped. The U.S. number three can be stopped. Uh, the number one is a smaller diameter where the number three is a larger diameter, so Number three has 105 clicks in one revolution. The number one has 48 clicks and one revolution. And those two knobs can also be on the windage. And that can be in one-tenth mil or one-quarter inch per hundred yards. So you can get into a, a few different kind of configurations, how people, you know, it's – uh, you can go, you know, U.S. number one, number one uh Erec number 1, Erec number 3, you know, number 3 elevation and a number 1 windage, vice versa.
2: Yeah, I've seen so, a couple uh, different combos come up uh on sniper's hide, either guys uh putting them up for sale or just talking about what they got from the factory and they seem mm-hmm. like they they're very particular about their their choices.
0: Yep, exactly. I I would say uh 95% of our LR 17s go out the door with the erect knob for elevation.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: when we're talking about the mr 10, uh, it's probably about 50, 50, mm-hmm. you know, half go out with the erect knob, half go out with just the standard us number one and they cap it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that seems to be especially true with the guys that are using the horse reticle. Um, uh, a lot of those guys aren't dialing for elevation, you right, know. Right. So. Hmm,
2: cool. Um, I guess the sr twenty five is there as well. Um, probably not going to see this on your run of the mill AR. <laughs> um, what sort probably of platforms not. are are people putting this on?
0: Uh, you have a little bit of everything, you know. Uh, three thirty eights. I would say those things live in the bolt gun community. Mm-hmm. Uh. I haven't seen many or I I don't know if I ever, I I take that back. I have, uh, we have worked with some rifle and ammunition manufacturers in the past that wanted to do some testing on their guns or or on the ammo. So they used the ER 25 on like an AR platform just to see how their round was performing. So this is talking
2: like printing groups on their rifles before they ship them out, stuff like that.
0: Absolutely. Yep. Um, yeah, uh, definitely the ER-25 is a is, is more of your bolt gun optic uh, guys that's really trying to shoot out to distance or, or guys that's hoping to shoot out to distance someday. You
2: know? <laughs> if they can, find a range. <laughs> they can
0: find a range. Yeah, they can find a range.
2: Yep. Um, I see there's a whole section of accessories, other things on the site here. Um, do you guys make your own rings, um, anything like that?
0: We do make our own rings. Um I I definitely really never suggest buying our rings for our short range optics.
2: Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah,
0: you know, just got to be honest, there uh I I always tell people uh if you're looking at our short range optics, look at putting it in a mount. Uh one reason being the SR8, especially the SR8, uh it needs to be in like a cantilever mount. Um uh, okay. you, you you need you need to mount it. Kind of, kind of pretty far forward. Uh, because that will get a little bit more eye relief than all of our other optics. So the SR8, you know, you're looking around three and three quarters inches where the other ones you're looking about three and a half inches of eye relief. Uh, so I definitely suggest people put them in a cantilever. We do sell, uh, some cantilevers. Uh, we sell, uh, I think we have ADMs. Uh, I think LaRue, uh, and, you know, those are the two that I'm most familiar about. Uh, I think at one point we had, or we still might have some Alamo Four Star. And, uh, I think at one point we had some Bobaro. But I usually tell people, like, hey, you know, do your own homework, uh, see what works best for you. You know, I have my personal feelings towards mounts, but I never really, you know, push my feelings on a customer unless somebody really, really, really digs down deep and asks what my recommendation is. And mm-hmm. then I give that to them. Um, but, uh, we, we used to make mounts, but there are so many good mount manufacturers out there that are making good products. Like, you know, why kill our machine shop time when we could just, you know, order mounts from, you know, a mount, somebody who, you know, specializes in here. that. Yep.
2: Nice.
0: Uh, other than that, uh, we offer, you know, external bubble levels, uh, that a lot of guys mount. Uh, A lot of guys use uh, two different models, a fixed model and a swivel model. The swivel model just swivels out the way when you're not using it. Uh, So those are good for, you know, guys uh, that are out the range. You want to make sure that you're not canted when you're taking your shots, stuff like that. Uh, Other than that, for the short range optics, uh, that pretty much wraps up all the accessories. We don't make any uh, sunshades or ARD for our short-range optics. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just really, I would say, not a need for them. You know, right. they're not take they're not taking in too much bat like you know, during the daytime. So you don't really have an issue with that.
2: Okay, cool. Um, I don't know how do people uh, find this stuff. I know you mentioned there's some dealers out there. You've got. Uh maybe not every gun store has these just hanging on the shelf. Uh are you guys looking for kind of unique or specifically qualified dealers to get to carry your your scopes?
0: Yeah, yeah, we do well, we're looking for people that would be a good fit for us and for them, you know, cuz the, the the one thing I don't want to do is, you know, sell some scopes to a dealer and he sits on them for 6 to 7 months. That's not fair to him or fair to us. So when somebody calls us in to uh request about you know being a dealer, we really make sure that uh it would be a good fit for them and you know we try to do everything we can to uh help those guys out. Uh but you know, up until about two, three years ago, uh we really didn't go after new dealers because we were so custom that if we went after you know all these dealers, you know, people would be waiting nine months for optics. You know, but we don't have that problem anymore. So we're able to go after you know new dealers uh, a little bit more aggressively now, and we have the sales staff to support that. So if you go on our website, uh, we do have a dealer locator, and uh, that we're we're constantly updating that. Uh, we have over the past couple of years, we have definitely been taking on new dealers. So uh, uh, we pretty much have representation throughout the United States, and we do have some international. As well, Uh, And then we have some online dealers that, you know, that people have been ordering with, you know, your Euro optics, your optics planet. uh, Amazon carries our our products. Uh, So there's definitely some options to go online as well. And one of the things that we've been doing a lot over this past year is uh, we're hitting the road a lot more. So these local uh, you know, different, different gun shows and stuff like that or firearm festivals, things like that. You know, we're trying to get out to more. Uh, you know, last year we went to the outdoor show in Pennsylvania, which we've never really done before. Uh, you know, the NRA show. Uh, we're going to some, some more of the, uh, hunting specific shows as well. So we're getting out there a lot more. Uh, uh, we just, we just brought on uh, guy, uh, two weeks ago, and, uh, he's gonna be doing a lot of good work on the East Coast. Uh, so, you know, on the, on the West Coast, I would say we're, we're definitely more, uh, represented on the West Coast.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: We're in California, so I guess it's a lot easier for us, uh, than we are on the East Coast. So that's something that, you know, I've taken a look into. I have a plan on how I'm gonna attack it. So,
2: all right. Uh, I'll, I'll give a shout out to my local dealer, uh, Bob at Liberty Arms. Uh, he's here in McKeesport. It's a little bit outside of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, there's only yeah. a couple dealers here in PA, but he's one of them. And, uh, yeah, awesome. he had a couple out at the range the other day. We were shooting some bolt guns and I was talking about different scopes. He was like, Oh yeah, I, I'm actually a dealer here. Take a look at a couple. Yeah. So, awesome. Yeah. That was cool. Um, you talk about shows coming up. Obviously shot. Um, what's that going to look like for you guys? You got a nice big booth plan. Are you partnering with anybody else? You got your shooters swinging by?
0: Yeah, we have some of our shooters swinging by actually, uh, I'm going to be out there on Friday. Uh, there's a, there's a match right before Vegas, the Las Vegas precision rifle match challenge. Um, uh, so we have a couple of our sponsored shooters, uh, that's going to be shooting that event. And then, uh, Monday, we're going to have a dinner with all of our sponsor shooters. That's the ones that's going to be in town. So that will be good. Uh, this year at shot is actually going to be pretty mellow for us. Uh, you know, most of the sales staff, uh, is going to be meeting with, you know, their dealers that they have been dealing with throughout the year and find out ways how we can support them more. Uh, one of the things that, um, we're looking at now is like we're talking before we came on is you know our our website you know we're going to make it it's going to be a shift from you know selling optics to just in about a lot more information like yeah you're still going to be able to go in there and customize an optic if you want to but we're going to be the go-to place to find out all the information that you need about a u.s optic scope and right now i just don't feel that uh the website does that, you know, good enough or to my expectations.
2: Uh, like so kinda, other than that, you kind of you know, got to know what you're looking for. You got to know, hey, yeah. I've already heard of USO. I've seen them on the forums. I've seen them on a lot of guns that guys are competing with. I'm going to yeah. go look for them. Whereas maybe you can be reaching out to some new shooters that haven't heard of them before.
0: Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, and you know, shot is a good opportunity for us to – to uh, establish those new partnerships so we have some new partnerships that we're working on and hopefully we can finalize those at shot and if if we can then uh there'll be an announcement that we'll be releasing shortly after so
2: nice that'd be a good thing um now you guys have r&d right there on site as well um you've been Mm -hmm. keeping them busy are they kind of sitting on their hands and just selling scopes or you got some some stuff coming down the pipe
0: it's funny you say that uh because i've only been there five years so i i can't speak of what happened at u.s optics previous to those five years but i can tell you today that i had a meeting with two of the owners and we discussed that our r&d department has never been busier since their time at u.s optics so they are uh i don't think busy is a justifiable word uh you asked about what is a typical day uh Probably the past three months, R&D has been a topic of discussion or meeting or looking at something, uh, looking at something that, that they're working on. So it's exciting. Like they're working on quite a few different projects, uh, and hopefully we'll see a couple, uh, we'll see a couple of those projects come out in the middle of this year and then one to three of the projects come out you know early next year, or so it's exciting i I would just say uh uh stay tuned, you know so yeah they're 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 pretty busy,
2: cool. How do you guys engage um with your customer base? are you you got somebody that's all over Facebook and Instagram and all that, or do your sponsored shooters kind of do a lot of the forum activity for you? How do you keep in touch with guys?
0: Yeah, well, we we do it numerous different ways. Uh, a lot of times, uh, our customers that know us optics have been working with us. They know that we're real receptive, so we'll have customers emails all the time, like, "Hey, have you guys ever thought about doing this?" And we're like, "Hey, thanks for your input." You know, uh, definitely that. Uh, we have guys, you know, monitor our Facebook and our Instagram. Uh, the forms. There are some forms that we monitor now, and there's a lot of forms that we don't monitor anymore. Uh, and that was just a business decision. You know, some of the forms we monitored in the past when we were more of a custom shop and we were doing one-offs and stuff like that. Uh, but now that we have moved into a more production, it's really not um, it's really not viable for us to keep monitoring those forms. Like every once in a while. You know, something will pop up and, you know, like, hey, you guys should look at this post that somebody posted on the forum and, and we'll look at it. Um, AR15, we definitely look at, um, uh, if you run our Google Analytics, we get a lot of, a uh, lot of, a lot of hits from AR15.com back to our website. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, you know, lately, you know, like Instagram and Facebook are two of the biggest things that, you know, uh, people are looking at these days. It's just the way things are moving. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, one of the things that we are going to do with a new website is come out with a blog. So it would be a little bit more uh, interaction between us and the customers.
2: Yeah, you, I guess, mentioned earlier you were talking to guys in the clean room and some of this testing that goes on. It'd be cool to see some pictures of what that all looks like. Yeah. Obviously yeah, blurring actually, out all the all the important parts, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's an interesting uh, place to work.
0: Yeah, and that's one thing I thought about doing was uh inviting different folks in the industry that 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 does this type of thing like hey, you know, you want to come to the shop and you know talk about your topics, do some filming, see our different processes and stuff like that and then uh if we could tie it to one of the times that we're having a class for our shooting academy, you know, that that'll be perfect then, you know, in the, in the weekend that way. So Cool. That'll be something I'm looking at.
2: Is, is that like a facility that you have for the shooting academy or is it, uh, just a couple of staff members that provide the training?
0: Uh, right now we have a head instructor, uh, that we, we just hired a new head instructor, uh, Jim Gilliland. Okay. Uh, and right now we use a facility, uh, close to us. Uh, it's about an hour and a half away from the shop. Um, and it's a, uh, it's a private facility. So you can shoot out to about 1200, 1500 yards. Has a cabin. You can sleep up to like 20 people. Uh, but we're expanding. We just did a course out in, uh, southern Florida back in December. Uh, so this year we're looking at, uh, holding anywhere between six and nine courses out of state. So we're looking at some places in, uh, Georgia. Um, Georgia and Florida and somewhere else, I think northern on the eastern seaboard that we'll have finalized here pretty soon. Uh, but we're, we're definitely looking at expanding Academy. We just launched it this past summer. You know, we had media day. We had some writers out to the, to the cabin. Uh, we did it. It, it went well. Um, so it's something, it's something new. Uh, not a lot of people know about yet, but.
2: Yeah, is there like a dedicated uh, website for that or how, how do you get people signed up? It
0: does have, yeah, it, it does have its own website. It's, uh, you know, usopticsacademy.com and you can sign up and register for the classes actually on the website. Um, so right now, I think it may only be displaying the classes that we have and that we're hosting in Southern California
3: mm-hmm.
0: for next year. Uh, but in the next, you know, three weeks to a month we we'll probably be putting up there like the the different courses different course dates that we'll be running throughout you know the u.s for this year uh okay. and that's also tied in we do we do do some um some of our dealers you know we do do some training for those guys as well that's tied into the academy you know seminars stuff like that
2: great um What's the best way for people to reach you guys? Um, I guess usoptics.com is pretty easy. Um, Do you take phone calls? You talk with people if they need help deciding on on the configuration options that they're putting together?
0: That is the best thing about US Optics, uh, and we pride ourselves on this. When you call us, you're going to get a human. As long as it's between the hours of 7 to 3.30 Pacific time, you know, you, you will get, uh, an answer because we recognize that, you know, we were talking before, we're not in every gun store. So, you know, and our optics aren't cheap. So a lot of guys want to talk to a person to, you know, to get that level of comfort before they pull the trigger on this. Uh, so that's something that we drive home, you know, really, really hard. It's like, uh, we answer the phones. So we encourage people to call us, you know. Uh, let us help you decide on something if you're, if you're on the fence. Uh, I mean, cause we have it a lot of times where somebody orders something off our website and we'll look at the orders. Like, I don't look right. It's like, yeah, hey, why don't, why don't you give this guy a call and make sure that's what he thought that he was ordering, you know? Hmm. Uh, so definitely, you know, you can reach out to us. Uh, uh, you can email, you know, info at com. There's, there's someone who is always monitoring that. You could call us, you could write us a Facebook message and somebody will get back to you. Uh, we really pride ourselves on having the best customer service in the business. So um, uh, I I have never had a complaint about our customer service. I think I can say that confidently. So I'm pretty sure uh, a lot of appraisers. Uh, so anybody who's dealt with us, uh they they know that uh you can call us and we'll get to the bottom of anything and help you out, whatever the case may be.
2: Great. Um well I really appreciate your time, Jason. Um I guess looking forward what do you like to shoot? Uh what do you got coming up? Are you working on any builds that you're putting USO scopes on or do you compete at all? I mean, anything like that?
0: I, you know what? I shot uh I shot one of the competition dynamics match um uh, Back in, I would say October, the, uh, Team Safari. Okay. And, uh, when I left there, I was using a borrowed rifle that I borrowed from, you know, one of the owners. Uh, so when I left, I was like, man, I need my own good gear. So I have a, uh, I have a JP coming in. Uh, it should be here in a couple weeks. Uh, so that's going to be my go-to carbine. And then, uh, I have a bolt gun being built by Meredith Industries. Uh, so I made a point. I shot, I shot like a local, uh, long range competition before I shot the competition dynamics match. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually did fairly well. And I just took one of the, the sales 6.5 Creedmoor and that thing's a tack hammer it had a ER25 on it. And, uh, it was already zeroed. So no issues there. I literally took it out the safe and just went and shot it, you know.
2: You remembered a few my, things from, uh, uh, five or six years back?
0: I, I did. And I had a, I had a great instructor there to kick me in the butt when I was forgetting all those things. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, this year I, I definitely want to shoot some more competitions. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the competition dynamics, but I, I kind of like those matches, you know, so hype. Now, are those the ones where
2: matches. you're like, it's almost like an Iron Man that just happens to have a rifle yeah, involved.
0: Yeah, they have one, and I'm not doing that one. I, I'm not that guy anymore. <laughs> so they,
2: they have a 24-hour sniper. There's land nav. That. There's starting yeah. fires. There's all sorts of stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know what? I like going back to my bed every night. Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah. So <laughs> I'll go out there and support those guys, but you know, Jason's not doing that match. I I'll do the ones where we go out and we hike and shoot from, you know, seven till you know, eight, nine at night and then, you know, go back to my nice comfy hotel. uh but yeah, the competition dynamics match. I'm, I'm hoping to shoot another one uh this year. Definitely had a really good time and you know, get some local matches in. I don't know if I'll be able to dive into the PRS. Uh, those are definitely uh,
2: some stiff competition uh, there.
0: Yeah. That's a whole different level. Uh, but we are having, we're hosting our own competition this year. Uh, the U S optics team challenge. It's, it's going to be hosted by competition dynamics. Uh, it's going to be in the beginning of August in Douglas, Wyoming. So that's going to be exciting because we've never held our own competition before. So
3: Hmm.
0: we're going to have a demo day, uh, the day of site in and the the mandatory safety brief has some site matches. It's going to be, it's going to be pretty nice. Uh, So I'm definitely looking forward to that.
2: Cool. Well, I really appreciate your time, Jason. Um, Sounds like USO has some things to show us here uh, in the coming months uh, for sure. Yeah. And the existing lineup is, uh, it's wide enough to have options for a whole number of different platforms. Um, It's, Probably something for the discriminating shooter that's looking for real clear glass, real rugged um, feature set, um, and some really cool magnification options. I mean, having uh, 1.8 to 10 uh, is – I think that covers pretty much all your bases. Um yeah. So I, I'm really interested in some of the USO product here. Uh, I'm going to have to bug my my buddy Bob here uh, to maybe bring out some more stuff next time we hit the range. Awesome. Well, we'll talk to you uh, later, Jason. I know we've got some of our other staff members heading to shot here soon. Uh, I'm going to take the year off, um, but I'll have them swing by and say hey.
0: Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I'd like to I'd like to meet them. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Thank you.
1: This is episode 155 of the AR-15 podcast. That was JW sitting down with Jason Kyle, the general manager of U.S. Optics. If you'd like to learn more about them, visit them at usoptics.com or usopticsacademy.com. We want to take just a moment and say thank you to the folks over at Otis Technology for their generosity. Their help has made it possible for us to say thank you to you for listening and supporting the AR-15 podcast. Thanks for everything, Otis. We'll see you guys at SHOT. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to us, feedback at AR15podcast.com. You can also send us a recorded voicemail by using the Speak Pipe plugin on the right-hand side of the AR-15 podcast website. Subscribe and listen to the AR-15 Podcast for free and iTunes or on Stitcher. And be sure you leave a review that helps the show come up in searches for people that are looking for a podcast on their favorite black rifle. Share your pics with us on Instagram at AR-15 Podcast and tag your pictures with hashtag AR-15 Podcast. We are going to do our best to get you a bunch of stuff from SHOT next week. So be looking at our Instagram feed and we will do our best to kind of get everything we can up there. Uh, you can also Also, check us out on Facebook, facebook facebook.com backslash AR-15 podcast. Don't forget to check out the other great podcasts on the Firearms Radio Network, the guys over at We Like Shooting, Gun Guy Radio, and This Week in Guns, just to name a few. And don't forget to use our Brownells affiliate link for all your AR-15 parts at ar15podcast.com backslash parts and use the Amazon affiliate links on the firearmsradio.tv and AR15 Podcast websites. With that, we wrap up episode 155. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next week.
0: Hey, since you're already listening to a show on the Firearms Radio Network, then you should check out the God and Guns Podcast. Troy and Doug talk about guns from a Christian perspective and, of course, God. Godandgunspodcast.com slash iTunes.
1: Subscribe now. This has been a production of the Firearms Radio Network. You can find more information at firearmsradio.tv.